Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. From our financial life, to our relationships, to our kids, to our health, we're interested in what it takes to keep everything going. This podcast is about women, working, money, and family. And in every episode, we will consider the research and share our takes on what we're learning every day about breadwinning. And we'll ask you to share your breadwinning story. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm Joe by Raquel Ellison. She is an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. Well, we're still working in our second episode of season two. So we're talking about home offices today. And there is a survey from the American Home Furnishing Alliance. They talked to a thousand adults who are currently working from home, i.e. all of us, and saying that men are more likely than women to have a separate room in which to work. And they're saying men, 53% say they have a separate room and women at 38%. Hmm. Now, I'm sitting in my closet. Does that count? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting work done, baby. I'm getting work done. <laughs> yes. I was trying to think about where we've seen home offices yeah. on TV before. Like where we've seen, like when do you see a home office? Like this other is the way than the supposed to work, right? You what? Know, this, what, this is the way the family is supposed to work. Right. You know, TV says, yes. I mean, because it's interesting, like other than seeing things on Pinterest. I feel like I don't know what a classy home office setup sounds like, like I feel, or looks like. And I'm just trying to think of like what examples we have or we could look at. Well, Pinterest says I should take a closet and make it, you know, they always oh, have those yes. like, and then, and make it into this beautiful and I love it because I have not talked about my passion for things in miniature. I love, I just love like, I think it's a control thing maybe, but you know, like little doll, I loved my dollhouse when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I love, there's a lady, Colleen Moore from the silent movie era that made a huge working castle. It's at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago. I totally recommend it. I saw a book on it when I was a little kid. Everything, it's a fairy castle and like the water runs and oh I just love it. So I really am all for the Pinterest closet where everything is a tiny thing. You yeah. know like and that it's all contained. Right. When I was a reporter on Capitol Hill I had a tiny carol. It was very hard to get real estate. Right. And they had a printer and a tiny TV and a tiny computer and a tiny everything. I loved it. I love it. I'm like love all that tiny house stuff. That said, I don't have that room. Yeah. I don't I, if I have a closet, I'm gonna fill it. I have stuff to put in it. Right. So that's not gonna work. Right. <laughs> right. I actually side note saw <laughs> this isn't a side note. I'm like, side note to our side note. Speaking of dollhouses, I saw that someone while during the pandemic, while working from home, while being in this period of time, took her dollhouse from when she was growing up, I guess, or maybe her daughter's dollhouse. I don't know. And yeah. redid it to look like modern. Like she t- took all these like... Uh, she renovated. She renovated it, but like it was impressive and also 
intense that she was like, I'm going to make this. I don't like this decor anymore in this dollhouse. I have a beautiful dollhouse and I kept, I dragged it from apartment to apartment and then my daughter had it and it's kind of, it's a little beat up now, but I, I adore that house. And my mother who is listening saved up and got me that beautiful dollhouse. I still have it and I still love it and I still appreciate it. And Mm. I just never basically kind of much like with like personal shopping, I want someone to come in and make it. I just want to live in it. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Work, you know? No, like- for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I feel like one of the things that I've been looking at a lot of research on burnout recently and where we are right now in the pandemic, because we've, as we already revisited, like yeah. basically staying sane in a pandemic, but yeah. right now, you know, folks are revisiting like, okay, we're still burnt out. This is going on, you know, indefinitely. So what do we do now? And one of the things that they talk about is like really nesting in that office space and like just making that office space like as cozy and as like clearly focused as you can. Right. That this is where I work. And so this started with this article that we were talking about, you and me, that in the work from home battle for space, women are reluctant nomads. And it's based on a book called, well, let me get it right. Easy Living, The Rise of the Home Office by Elizabeth Patton, who is an associate professor of media and communication studies at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. And when she said women are reluctant nomads, I thought, ding. So I don't have a closet that can make into a cute home office as much as I would love that. We don't have a home office space. And where I used to work when everyone was gone is gone because there are people sitting in that space. And I kind of And now I sit on the couch, which I kind of like. But anyway, I just like, why are the women why are we moving? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What I I'm not sure. So you were looking at that article like what is she saying to us? That, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's default to the man. Why? Why? I mean, I think that part of what she's saying is that because you know, we have all the other data around you know, how we're covering caregiving responsibilities, right? And the gender divide there. And I feel like there's a piece, she doesn't address this entirely directly, but like, I feel like there's a piece around when you're doing caregiving, like how you sort of move around to follow what you need to be doing. That's not right. Of course. Yep. Just setting up so that we could talk today. This is TMI, but I was going to wash my hands after using restroom. And the, we have a soap dispenser uh-huh. and the batteries were out. I love this little thing. But it's so now I have to go look for batteries. And so then I go wash my hands in the other bathroom, go look for batteries, realize when I get into the kitchen that the dishes haven't been done. The cat have, haven't been done. <laughs> <laughs> and all this was because I was about to set us up and then uh, needed back. And it took me, what, like 45 minutes to come back around to set us up. I, that feels very nomadic to me. Yeah. That is driving my, like the Bedouins looking for, you know, where to grow my crops or take my animals. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for batteries and I'm looking for, you know, cats that won't bother me. Traveling know? around. Yeah. <laughs> I think that. Back to that research on burnout, like folks are talking about, researchers are talking about, you know, the importance of creating, whether it's listening, the transition time, right? Creating kind of a, a separation between 
between work and life. Yeah. And part of that is because they're saying like most people are like working like a couple of feet from their bed. So I just wonder, you know, if people, if what we're seeing is like, you know, it's either doing what you did, right? The Bedouin hand, <laughs> hand soap <laughs> example. Hand soap, battery cat dishes work. <laughs> and the in-bedroom home office where it's just like, okay, I'm hiding from everyone. So I'm hiding in here and this is the place where I can close the door. So I'm going to work right. in here. I talk about that a lot when you see like Zoom calls because we, our bedroom is the Zoom call room. Yeah. So yeah. I always have, also, that's been a big change and it needs to be done because we are all together. But anytime I have a call, I have to get up and move. Yeah. And it is a little reluctant. And so does my husband. The kids are the ones who have doors so they can actually do calls and the like in their room. Oh. And truthfully, you know, just in true like mom and dad fashion, like, like, of course, you know, the kids should have their room. Right. Right. But the kids, you know. Right, right. So my poor husband's camped out at the dining room table, which used to be my home office. I'd put everything out after everyone left. And then put it all away when they came back, which was a very big psychological thing. Like, now we are done. Yeah. And actually, it helped with me. If I needed to do things at night, I could open it up again. But it never ends now. And my husband, he'll leave parts of his home office out on the table. And it's just not the way I roll. And it's it's fine. But it's also a visual thing to me like, oh, the work is still sitting there. So Yeah, it's tricky. I mean, it's interesting. One of the things the article talks about is like how things are marketed in the home office space, like how office equipment is marketed, home office equipment. And it's just funny when you were talking about where the stuff goes, like I have one, two, three, four like baskets (laughs) (laughs) that I'm looking at right now. There's like all these baskets that like where like I hide things. Like yep. in my, yeah, in my bedroom, like I hide files. It's oh, just, we all got talked into baskets, right? We that, really that, did. It was going to clean up our kids' toys. Yep. It was going to clean up, you know, this home office stuff. It's yep. going to make our kitchens work better. Baskets. That's yeah, baskets. All the baskets. Yep. I think we certainly have like a view, like around the marketing, we kind of like have these idealized Pinterest versions of what what these rooms should look like. And I feel like they're pretty detached from reality. (laughs) I know. And they often, and her point, it really got me thinking about when they showed, you know, so we want to market, you need another phone line. Right. PC at home. You need a typewriter at home. You know, it was, it's been going on for a while, which I love stuff like that. Yeah. Realize like, why did we all think we needed this? (laughs) Right. But it was men using that. And that, so women who are running the business of family, by and large, yeah. in addition to now, we're all working for everyone and doing all things and whatever, but they were perceived as having, hey, that little corner desk in the kitchen, yeah. that's your spot. Yeah. And you still see it. I always have that thought when it's a bit of a you know record scratch when you're watching HGTV on binge like I do. Right. They'll come and do the house and then they will. They'll do that like tiny workstation in the kitchen. Right. No. Yeah. Because unless that's just like an iPad for like recipes, 
that thing is going to get full of grease yeah. and, and yeah. dirt. Yeah. And the kitchen is the most trafficked room in the house. I don't know if there's a study that says that, but we're all in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're nomadically looking in the refrigerator. So, so the idea is that I'm going to sit and do whatever it is that I need to do from in this heavily trafficked area. And that's going to be my spot that I can't close off from the world. Either. Right. It would be interesting to do kind of like a, what would complement this article nicely is like a slideshow of like, here are oh. the men's offices and no. here, here are the women making do with like the greasy kitchen iPad. Yeah. <laughs> Just, there you go. Um, because I have, when I'm sort of, Thinking about where I've seen different people work, I've definitely, have I seen like a clear gender breakdown? I've definitely seen women in a bedroom, in their kids' bedroom, in dining room table. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to like mentally scroll through and I've definitely seen guys with home offices. You know, you can tell one guy who has got this really, this pretty big job, like he's got the basement. It's his whole basement. Yeah. You could like see the whole basement, but it's like a nicely done basement. It looks like he's sitting in some kind of library. I don't know, but yeah, it's interesting to kind of, it'd be a good visual aid to see like how this breaks down. Yeah. Well, and so now uh, I think we're going to have to have uh, Professor Patton on. So yeah. We can talk because she goes deep into like the whole history of the home office. I know. And I love stuff like that. So yeah. I love. So we'll put out the call to her and say we would love to hear more about. And as with everything, there's a gender overlay. Right. Well, because we were talking before we started recording about could we think of TV families? Yes. And their home office. And she, Professor Patton comes up, she talks about Mr. Cleaver. And the interesting thing she says there is that, so he's got a globe and a desk and, you know, it's kind of where it's also is a bit of man caving, I think, you know, yeah. to hide out from his family. But that idea of the home office had already faded, like the original rise of the home office, the study in the den, which we used to have a study. When I was a kid, we had a study. Yeah. It was kind of a guest room and study, but it was the fourth bedroom in our ranch home. You don't even hear, do you hear people say study? In those HGTV rooms, the homes? I don't uh, know. No, you know, I don't think, I think it's just home office now. Home office now. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, so we were saying Mike Brady, like he had a working home office. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, like, I remember what the vantage point, the vantage point in the room was interesting. Like we were always behind the drafting table. That's right. And so we could watch the kids come in, in um, one of his many, many tiny rooms he designed in that house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, I think. But Carol didn't have a spot, right? No, Carol didn't have a spot. Mm-hmm. Carol didn't. I mean, if you think about those kids' bedrooms too that he designed, <laughs> those six kids were living in quite the small space for that big California house. And Alice lived with them, right? Is that, did she have like a maid's, like a little maid's part? Yeah. I don't know. I just remember her kind of like coming out of one of the kitchen cabinets. Is that what happened? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I mean, come on. So in the minimum, so I, and I had to look it up because I didn't remember if Carol had a job. And then I thought, silly me, they would never have given Carol a job back then. She gets one later on in all the, the wonderfully wacky movies that come on. Right. But a Brady though, Christmas. Yeah. A 
very Brady Christmas. <laughs> so when she's in the original TV show, it's uh, she's a stay-at-home mom, which she's running a business. It's the business of nine people. Yeah, that, yeah. And so she doesn't get a spot, like pay bills. What's her private corner in that house? I don't know. Yeah, she really didn't have one. I mean, we really only saw her like upstairs in the bedroom. I don't know. I like, yeah. we don't know if her desk was to the side. I mean, it was interesting. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me that we, you know, that we're talking about 53% of men who are more likely to have a home office space than women. I mean, I like versus 38% of yeah. women like have a separate space. So like Carol is not shocking us right now. <laughs> it's just yeah. a different time. But I think it's just, yeah. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's intriguing. It, it's one of those things that make me think, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the breakdown of the other workspaces that folks use as their kind of makeshift. Yeah. You know, again, we don't think Carol used any of these, but bedrooms <laughs> at 20. 20- Carol, can we do a free Carol? Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Bedrooms were 28%, dining rooms 24%, kitchens 12%, basements 10%, sunrooms or screen porches 6%, and garages 3%. Oh my God. I do not want to work in the garage, but I do want to work in a beautiful sunroom in my backyard. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I think, you know, a friend of mine, he's a university professor and he would do his lectures, did his lectures, still is doing his lectures in the garage. Like really, like he just had like a little curtain, you know, like a screen yeah. where like people are starting to use screens a lot more to kind yeah. of block things out. It's interesting. It's a moment that um, happened so fast. The New York Times has a thing this week on, uh, it's called Out of Office, where uh-huh. they basically shot photos of abandoned offices. Oh, plants and it's so spooky, which then made me remember a book I read when I was a kid called Motel of Mysteries. And it's it's an illustrated book about the year 4020. Archaeologists find a buried motel and then they try to figure out what was going on there. Interesting. It's awesome. I just reordered it because I remember that book vividly and I love it so much. And it's like, they see like the bathtubs and like, well, obviously these were ritual bathing. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So the transition of finding space, I think you're so right about committing to it. Like maybe we we women shouldn't be nomads. Yeah. I mean, I think the question is though, we could commit to something and then our families could easily break that commitment because they're like, oh, here you are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Virginia Woolf will say, we need a room of our own. (laughs) I don't know know when you started saying Virginia Woolf, I was like, where could she be going with this? (laughs) Oh, Come on, we're all going a room of one's own. We're there right you go. where we need to happen. So we true. Need to happen. So, yes. She also uh, tells us that a woman must have money and a room of her own if sure. she is to write fiction or start her own business or not burn out. So, I think she would have many things to say about this moment. So, 
Yes. Well, oh, Virginia. On that note, let us say thank you for joining us on The Breadwinner. Thank you. From wherever you are a nomad and you are trying to get <laughs> You will find links to the many things we discussed today in the episode description wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit us anytime on thebreadwinnerspodcast.com to ask a question, offer feedback, or share your story. How are you making it work? We'd love to know. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. Let us know what you think about the breadwinners. Help us tell the stories that mean the most to you. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.